fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market laissez-faire capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Is it that time already? Holy cow, has the day flown right on by? It is your post-Monday celebration, one of the greatest days of the entire week. Welcome into the Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the steamy heartland of the nation here. Wichita, Kansas, 103 degrees. We're on based out of our flagship station. We are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting wherever you may be watching or listening to the program. We appreciate you very much. Your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. I've said this many times on the program before. I do not do well in the heat. I am a cold individual. I am a Scandinavian. I am a, I don't know, a Viking. We try to be. Uh, but we're at least from the north. I have ancestry in Ireland, in Scotland, in Scandinavia. If that's not like glow in the dark, clear, white as you can get, <laughs> I don't know what else is because that's where I got. So I enjoy the cold. I would much rather take the two years ago negative 20 degree uh, record freezing temperatures over the 103 degrees that we're seeing today. Although while they try to claim global warming, it is not global warming. We are not breaking records because here in Kansas, at least where I'm based out of just what, 1936, 1938, earlier in the century. They broke the record at this time with like 112 degree temperatures. So we're not even close to that. Don't tell me it's about global warming. Don't tell me it's about climate change because we have been this hot before. It's something called summer. And I know that breaks the minds of many on the other side of the aisle. But nonetheless, I can still complain about it because I have the ability to do so. I am ready for the cold temperatures. I am ready for wintertime. Here's the oddness that I felt when I woke up today because I woke up in kind of a funk. Not like in a bad mood or anything, just I felt off today. It was kind of one of those weird wonky days where I felt off. I wear shorts almost every day, and I've gotten into this really about a couple years ago where I really enjoy wearing shorts, even in the wintertime. I'm one of those guys where, yes, it was negative 20 degrees outside, and I was wearing shorts. Why? Because your legs don't get cold, and honestly, how long do you actually walk around outside if you're working in a radio studio like myself? So I wear shorts year-round. I enjoy wearing shorts year-round, but for some reason, the hottest day of the entire week with 103-degree temperatures, I felt like wearing jeans today. <laughs> I don't know why, but I did. So I've been struggling, although it is air-conditioned here in the studios, thank God, and it's working nicely. But just looking outside, I can see things frying and I just don't want to go outside. So I am waiting, anticipating, and just looking forward to the cold weather coming up here in a couple of months. And the big question is, how much energy are we using to try and keep ourselves cool? I got my email before the program started. I was scrolling through my my personal email looking for different links that I had sent myself and stories. And I had seen from our energy company, it said, you used more energy last week. Thank you for the reminder that I'll be paying you more money by the end of the month. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And that's where we're at. Welcome into the show. we got a lot to get to today. John Lott, he's with the, uh, you know him. He's been on many different shows. He is one of the great experts on many issues. The Crime Prevention Research Center, crimeresearch.org. He'll be joining us at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk about the latest shooting out of Indiana. A little bit of a different response on that one. The media I got to be honest, I'm not shocked with the outcome. I am shocked with how the media is covering it in a good way. So we'll talk with him about that, plus his latest piece that he's written about the ending of the liberal world order. 
What is the liberal world order and what's stopping it? Including the war in Russia and the Ukraine, including the Roe v. Wade reversal, including the latest shooting, the Second Amendment issue, and more. We'll get to all that with him at the bottom of the hour. Plus, we have a lot of other things to get to here as well with the shooting that did happen. I want to talk about Indiana in a little bit as well. But first, this may be a bit upsetting, I think, to Republicans and conservatives. I don't know. Maybe not. But we need to, if we're going to talk about limited government, small government, conservatism, constitutionalism, then we need to talk about it in a fair way. And I don't mean to upset Republicans or conservatives on this one, but this is something that I think we're maybe pushing the boundaries and the line just a little bit too far on this one. Now, there was a piece out of Newsmax last week, and I wanted to get to it on Friday, didn't get a chance to do so. So I've been kind of holding on to this one because I wanted to see as well how the legislation was going to play out at the statewide levels. Obviously, the big issue over the last few weeks has been the reversal of Roe v. Wade and bringing abortion issues back down to the state levels. Kansas, where I'm based out of with our flagship station, we are actually one of the first states that will be voting on new legislation in our state nationwide on abortion issues since the reversal of Roe v. Wade. For, uh, somehow they were able to get our constitutional uh, amendment for Kansas, it's called the Value Them Both Bill, onto the ballot for the primary election that's in about a week and a half on August 2nd. Now, for those that live outside of Kansas, this bill's not important to you, but I want to use this as an example to you. A couple of years back, our state Supreme Court made a ruling saying that the, that the issue of abortion and the practicing of abortion is constitutionally protected, which obviously isn't true. That's not true. There was no abortion going on in the middle of the 1800s when they wrote the Constitution for the state of Kansas, so it is not protected in any way, shape, or form. Uh, so they were saying in their ruling by the Supreme Court in Kansas that every restriction or limitation on abortion, even meaning like abortions up in the in the third trimester or in the ninth month, all of that was unconstitutional because it is a protected right in the state, so you cannot have any restrictions or limitations on abortion which obviously is not true. So this bill is a constitutional amendment, you know, taking matters into our own hands, putting it up for the legislature to vote on, putting it on the ballot for the people to vote on, and actually making and creating a constitutional amendment in our state that just reverses what the Supreme Court said, saying, no, it's not protected by the Constitution, and yes, we can put restrictions on it, and just allows the restrictions that we have in place on them already to be intact. That's all it says. It doesn't ban abortions. It doesn't do anything else. It just allows restrictions. That is local activism at its greatest. And I give a major hat tip to so many conservatives and Republicans across the state of Kansas that has allowed this bill to happen. And I see a lot of yard signs. If you drive through Kansas right now, you see a lot of yard signs that say support the value of them both bill and vote yes. I have seen, I can count on one hand, the number of people that actually have vote no signs in their front yards compared to the vote yes signs. So uh, I, I'm optimistic this bill will pass in the state that I'm at, and I think this is good news. Every state's starting to do things a little bit differently, either opening it up completely, banning it completely, or putting some type of limitations on it so where at least we're not having just random people walk in eight months pregnant and saying, you know, I think I'm done, I'm going to have an abortion. Uh, the, every state is different, which is the way the issue was supposed to be. And again, like we've said on this program before, we can have a rational conversation, I think, on both ends of the aisle when it comes to the extreme cases of someone who is raped at 14 years old and is going to be sick and die because of the issue to have a conversation about what to do. No one is discussing those issues, and those are the ones that need to be conversed with because now we're on the fringes of either 
no conversation at all in any way, shape, or form. It's just evil all around and ban it completely, which I lean more to that side personally, although I do see uh, with some medical issues that there needs to be at least a conversation in some scenarios. But those are, again, a half to 1% of the converse, uh, the cases that go on in abortion cases. And then you got the other side. It's just make it free willy, whatever you want to at eight, eight months, nine months, whatever, which is completely absurd. And the fact that we're even having a conversation like that breaks my heart. But other states are starting to take it to another level. Now, I don't support the federal government getting involved on this one, but I also don't support the state doing what they're trying to do, especially in the state of Missouri. Let me start off first with what the federal government's trying to do. According to Newsmax and the article that came out Friday last week, is the U.S. US House of Representatives passed on Friday legislation to safeguard the right to travel across state lines to seek an abortion But the measure faces long odds in the evenly divided Senate at the federal level where Republicans blocked similar legislation on Thursday last week. They're pushing the bill, which did pass in the House 223 to 205 near party lines in the House of Representatives, uh, protecting the right to cross state lines to have an abortion. I don't understand why we need that type of bill because you cross state lines to do anything already. Now, obviously, they're passing this bill in response to what some states are trying to do, like my neighbor here in Kansas, our neighbor in Missouri. Where in Missouri, according to Newsmax, some Republicans in states that have tried to go further as Missouri legislators have considered a bill. No, they're not writing it. They're not discussing it. They're not passing it right now. But Missouri is considering a bill that would allow civil lawsuits against anyone who aids a woman in seeking an out-of-state abortion. Now, there's a couple ways to take this one. The bill that they're trying to pass in Missouri would allow civil lawsuits against anyone who aids a woman, meaning if a business is aiding a woman to go across state lines to have an abortion, there could be a civil lawsuit there. That's not going to happen. I don't think you can pass anything like that. It wouldn't work because how do you enforce something like that? How do you know? Oh, sorry. We gave you a bonus. What you do with that, you do with it with your own will, uh, unless they actually have their caravans of buses that say this is the abortion bus. Get on board because we're taking you to another state where you can actually get this thing performed, which would be really, really stupid. Now, I would, even as a conservative, and again, I don't know if this upsets Republicans or conservatives or not, because I don't support this bill in Missouri. I don't think that we should be punishing anybody if they choose to go across state lines. You have made your choice by banning abortion in the state of Missouri. Good for you. And I applaud you for that. I support your efforts in stopping that and saving lives in the state of Missouri. What people do outside of your state is none of your damn business. You've set the platform of what your moral standards are for your state. What people do outside of that is their own business. I don't support going after civil lawsuits or punishing legally those that choose to go across state lines to do their own business. That would be like me saying, you know what, the sales tax in Kansas is really high with groceries. I'm going to go across state lines to Missouri because they don't have sales tax on food at 6.5%, as only five or states do nationwide, and Kansas and Oklahoma are a couple of those states. I'm going to go across state lines to Missouri to get higher alcohol content in Everclear because they don't sell that in Kansas. What the hell's wrong with you? And and they don't have sales tax on food, so I'm going to go over there. And then Kansas passing a law saying, no, no, you're not allowed to do that. We don't want you spending your money in Missouri. We want to keep you in Kansas, so we're going to be able to file civil lawsuits against you or anybody else that supports you in going across state lines to buy your groceries, so that way you're not paying us tax money uh, and revenue in the state of Kansas. That doesn't make any sense to me. 
And I would not, as a Republican and as a conservative, would not support that bill in Missouri. Therefore, we do not need legislation like that at the federal level. We don't need these quote-unquote protections of that sort because the states have to figure this out. Every time there's a massive shift in policy, in structure, in platform in a government, in a governmental entity, whether it's the federal or the statewide levels, there's always a bit of a transition phase. A settling down, people trying to figure out the new landscape. What do we do here? What do we do there? And that's what the states are doing right now. In the state of Missouri, trying to push the envelope a little bit with this bill, potentially in discussion about civil lawsuits, about those supporting women going across state lines, not the women themselves, but going against these those that support them, whether it's an individual or a business, is a stupid thing. But let them try that and hash it out and realize that unless you want to massively increase the size of your government to micromanage individuals and how they operate their own business or their own individual lives, that that's really going to be a very unconservative bill, in essence, at the statewide level. That is not conservative in any way by saying we're going to micromanage you to know that you're not spending money to try and send people outside of the state to do something that we don't like. You've set your platform in your state. You've allowed the state to preserve life, to shut down the abortion clinics, and to stop what you don't like in your state. And I applaud you for that. Don't let it go any further. We're not trying to bully people to run out of the state. We're just saying these are the standards that we set here. What you do outside of that... You're out of our house. Go do your thing. We may not like it, but we can't do anything like that. We're the ones that advocate for national reciprocity for Second Amendment issues. Why would we punish individuals to go across state lines to perform other actions? I just don't get that one. And the federal government, stay the hell out of this. Let us figure it out ourselves. The voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com.
bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. That's what it's all about on this program. Uh, common sense, reason, rationale, whatever you'd like to call it. Welcome back into the program. Consistency in conservatism. I think is what this program is also all about. We want to be consistent on that. We want our states' rights. We want the states to make our decisions for us and for other states to make their own decisions. And while I do not like what the Environmental Protection Agency does in the state of California, I will not punish anyone who goes over to California to abide by those rules and do their own thing if that's what they choose to do. Kind of stupid, but, you know, (laughs) I guess everybody has the right to be a little ignorant at time from time to time. So there it is. Consistency in that Missouri uh, is trying to pass or at least discussing a bill that would allow them to file civil lawsuits against those, uh, meaning like businesses or entities that support trying to get women over to other states to perform abortions. And while I do not support abortions in any way, shape, or form, and I hope that hope to God that someone really, really, really thinks hard about even considering something like that, you know, if a state passes it to ban it or strictly prohibit it, except for extreme cases in some in some way, shape, or form, then that's about all you can do. Because the beauty of these states is that they are sovereign states. And while we want each other to recognize each other's laws to a degree like, na- like la- national reciprocity, which we've been trying to get through for a long time. And for those that don't know what national reciprocity is, allowing you to have your concealed carry permit be valid when you cross state lines. If you get it in Missouri and you go to Louisiana or you go to New York or you go somewhere else on the East Coast or the West Coast, that they still recognize the fact that you have a concealed carry permit and that you're allowed to conceal carry in that state with your permit that you got in whatever state that you actually live in. We want recognition of that front. We don't want to start closing off the conversation between states, because while we are sovereign states individually, at the same time we need to be able to work together to make things happen. And one of the very few roles of federal government is to make sure with interstate commerce that there is no monopolies and they help regulate some of the interstate commerce between those states. But the federal government now trying to work on protecting the right of individuals to go from state to state if they choose to perform an abortion or other issues as well. That's a little weird that we even need to have that because we shouldn't have any laws punishing that at all. We need to try and win them over by ideas, not by forceful legislation. One thing that Republicans, I think, need to work on a lot and this is just nationwide as a general assumption here, a general uh, uh, reflection from my end, is the fact that in some cases, and especially more so on the establishment, rhino, big government side of things, that they have taken the role of the Democrats in many aspects to where they don't try to win people over based on winning them over with good ideas, but by forceful legislation to where we end up doing the same thing Democrats do is by forcing legislation down others' throats to try and live the life that we want them to, just like what Democrats do. They say, oh, no, no, you don't have the right to believe something different. We need to talk about LGBTQ rights. We need to try and change the language to where we don't use the terms mother or father, but instead birthing person. So we're going to ban the words mother and father because we don't want anybody to use those. Instead of just saying, you know what, you're a little weird, and if you want to use that term, fine, but in general conversation, in the general public, we're using the terms mother and father because that's just how we actually describe male and female in a relationship that actually have children. What a wild concept. But Republicans in some areas, and especially the big government Republicans, uh, have cited that once they get power that they like to enforce and just try and force onto their beliefs onto other people as well. If we're going to be the party of conservatism that is limited government, then that's what we need to promote is limited government all across the board. Even when our ideas 
and we have an opportunity to promote our ideas, not everybody is going to live by our same philosophy, by our same ideals, by the same way of life. Everybody's going to live differently. We have to promote true conservatism that is limited government to where we have the ability to live the way we want to, but they also have the ability to live the way they want to. And if someone unfortunately wants to go and have an abortion in a different state after we've banned it in our own state, we can't stop them. And to go and punish them for that, I think, is a little crazy. A little weird. All right, when we come back, want to shift gears a little bit. We'll talk about the issue, the shooting in Indiana. Did you hear about that one? The media kind of sort of covering it a little bit. We'll talk with John Lott about that, plus his latest piece on the ending of the liberal world order. What's stopping them from um, the achieving their agenda? With Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right, you're on. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a post-Monday celebration, as always. Great to have you along for the ride today. Multiple radio stations, TV stations, live streaming and podcasting, wherever you may be watching or listening, we always appreciate you trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. Boy, oh boy, we've covered a lot of ground. Hopefully I didn't upset too many conservatives on that. And and look, I mean, I'm with you. I get the issues. Let's work together here. But if we're going to be conservative, let's be conservative across the board and be consistent on our conservative beliefs of limited government. That's what I'm all about. With that being said, it's kind of interesting how the media is covering some of these uh, pieces. And I'm excited to talk with this guy. It's been too long since we've had him on the show on our latest in What's Trending. What's trending today? As he runs a great organization with the Crime Prevention Research Center, his latest piece is also talking about the liberal world order and how it's coming and crumbling down right before our eyes. Excited to have on the program with us here back again, Dr. John Lott. John, how are you, my friend? Doing fine. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Kind of a yeah. Busy day with the uh, um, stuff in. Uh, Indianapolis has been going on, but thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's great to talk with you. And yeah, there's a lot of things going on, and I wanted to pick your brain about this in Indiana. I was reading the CNN report about this shooting in the mall of this kid and how they are like, yeah, some people say he's a hero, but majority of the time when someone's concealed carrying a firearm and they end up shooting a bad guy, then it just causes anarchy and then more people start shooting and it just caused mayhem. And I love how they're like, yeah, he, he stopped the bad guy from like causing mass murder, but we kind of wanted the mass murder so we could promote the idea of gun control again. I mean, that's kind of the sense I get from the mainstream media. 
Look, um, on our website at crimeresearch.org, we've collected well over 60 cases, uh, 21 of them uh, since the beginning of 2020, where someone who is legally carrying a gun stopped what police say otherwise would have been a mass public shooting. And these rarely get news attention. Uh, But uh, as in the Indiana case, uh, many lives were likely saved. The person had over 100 rounds of ammunition uh, when he was finally stopped. God only knows how many people uh, he might have been able to harm. But I have to tell you, I'm kind of at the end of my rope with regard to the media, because anybody who reads the diaries or manifestos for these murderers knows what motivates them, and that is media attention. These guys constantly say, if I can only murder more people than such and such did, I can get even more media attention. Uh, And the, the way you stop it is to try to figure out ways to take away the media attention. Now, you can do this without getting rid of the First Amendment. I'm not arguing that we should get rid of the First Amendment, though the media just wants to give them huge amounts of attention when these things happen. What you need to do is to get somebody there quickly on this at the scene who has a gun who's able to go and stop them. These guys may be crazy in some sense, but they're not stupid. Their goal is to kill people, and they know if they go to a place where victims aren't able to defend themselves, they're going to be more successful in doing that. And on our website, we've collected dozens of cases from diaries or other statements that these murderers have made where they explicitly talk about how they picked the targets that they did. I'll give you an example. Look at the Buffalo uh, grocery store um, mass murderer. He talks about, in his manifesto, his he wanted to go to a place where he knew the victims didn't have permitted concealed handguns. Did anybody in the media cover that part? No. They ignore it. They ignore it in each and every time that these killers make these explicit statements about why they picked the targets that they did. Does the media cover that 96% of these mass public shootings occur in places where guns are banned? Uh, Do they mention that not just the Buffalo case, but the Texas school shooting case or the Tulsa, uh, Oklahoma hospital shooting were all places where guns were banned? No. I mean, 30% of the schools in Texas have armed teachers, not the school that the, the killer picked. Sure. And, and but, uh, <clears throat> but the media refuses to go and mention where these attacks are occurring. If even once in a while they would go and mention that we've had yet another mass public shooting in a place where guns were banned, or if they gave attention to these many dozens of cases where people legally carrying guns were able to stop the attacks, we'd have a very different debate. Yeah. Well, they don't like to have the the common sense debate of, you know, exactly what's going through their mind. How do they strategize? We're not looking deeper into unveiling the layers of the onion from the shooter and understanding why and how they're doing what they're doing. It's just to them, like you said, it's the media of, oh, you know what? They used a long rifle. They used an AR-15. They used an assault rifle, quote unquote. So therefore, we need to go after it. This kind of kills the narrative, though, doesn't it? I mean, even with the media trying to demonize this kid of how uh, how uh, how much anarchy and chaos is caused by someone else trying to fire off and trying to stop a bad guy, 
it kind of kills the narrative because they were ready for their headline again saying, guess what? Someone else did a mass shooting with a long rifle and we just need to promote getting rid of these guns, getting rid of the weapons of war, getting rid of these assault rifles. They can't do that now that we had the good guy end up stopping a bad guy with a gun. Well, as I said, we have these good guys stopping bad guys frequently. They just don't get media attention. But, you know, uh, the the bizarre thing is, is that you're mentioning the long guns, the so-called assault rifles. I guess tomorrow uh, the House Judiciary Committee wants to ban, going to pass a bill that's going to ban most rifles in the United States. Uh, you know, the thing is, um, if you look at the mass public shooting, 11% of the mass public shootings over the last 25 years involved only rifles. 55% involved only handguns. Now, a lot of attacks involve combinations of different types of guns that are there, but in terms of uh, shots being fired. But the thing is, it's such selective reporting. So if you have uh, a rifle use, that's news. They'll mention that many, many times. If it's not the type of gun that they want to demonize, they don't mention it. If it's a white supremacist, that gets a huge amount of attention. If it's a black supremacist, it doesn't. Few people would know that you know, you have more uh, Muslim extremists killing people than you have white supremacists killing people in terms of mass public shootings. They're fairly similar. Both of them are in single digits. The vast majority of these mass public killers uh, have no ideology. Their goal is simply to commit suicide, and they want to commit suicide in a way that's going to get the media attention. Even these other crazies, whether it be a black supremacist or a Muslim extremist or a white supremacist, even these other ones, even though they make up together uh, less than 24% of these killers, uh, adding all of those groups together plus some other ones, uh, you know, they still want to get publicity too. And so the media has to come to grips with the fact that they're encouraging these attacks by giving them publicity and at the, look i don't mind them covering them in a sense because they're news that's their job as i said i don't want to undo the yeah. first amendment but but they have to then at least be responsible and explain to people what's motivating them instead they have responsibility if they go and ignore the buffalo manifesto where he says he picked a place precisely because he knew the victims there wouldn't have permanently concealed handguns. And they refused to report those types of things over and over and over again. Then they're part of the problem because they're making it so that people don't understand what we can do to reduce the number of casualties and thus reduce the incentive that these murderers have to go and commit the crimes that they do. Amen to that. I completely agree. You're right. We're missing the vital. I mean, if you're going to be a journalist and report the news, you're missing the vital information about the news to be able to stop this from the next time when people ask, what can we do? We're talking with Dr. John Lott. Uh, CrimeResearch.org is the website. He's also got a plethora of books. My very first book I ever read from this guy was Freedomnomics in response to Freakonomics, and I absolutely loved it. His latest piece, The Gun Control Myths. Uh, last question before we let you go, and we got just about a minute, minute and a half left here before our hard break, but i got to ask you the reversal of 
or I guess the protections of Second Amendment and concealed carry rights with the Supreme Court when they were at uh, with that case out of New York saying we don't have to justify and give a whole bunch of reasoning on why we need concealed carry permits. Now with this case here, do you think there's going to be another surge in concealed carries? And do you think the federal government's going to try and counter that in some way, shape or form? Well, I think there will be an increase. I think at least as you've said earlier, some people understand the benefits from concealed carry and why it's important that people go and protect themselves. Look, Anybody who's read my academic research knows that I think police are extremely important. I think police are the single most important factor for reducing crime. But the police themselves understand that they virtually always arrive on the crime scene after the crimes occurred. And the people who benefit the most from owning guns are the people who are the most vulnerable people in our society. People are relatively weaker physically, women and the elderly and also uh, people who are most likely victims of crime, which tend to be poor blacks primarily who live in high-crime urban areas. It would be great if the police were there all the time, but they can't be. But look, with regard to these mass public shootings, police have an unbelievably difficult job. If you have one officer there in uniform, and he's the only person there with a gun, who do you think these killers go after first exactly. they know if they take out that one officer they have free reign to go after other people having somebody in uniform there it's kind of like having somebody with a neon sign above them that says shoot me first it makes them stand out dr john lott we're out of time my friend it's always good to talk to you i love having you on the program we got to do this again real soon my friend Thank you very much. Hey, always a pleasure. Again, that's Dr. John Lott, crimeresearch.org. Go and check out all the stuff, plus all his latest books. We'll talk some more about this stuff when we come back here on The Voice of Reason for a Tuesday. Stay here. With Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com.
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a post-Monday celebration. Thanks again to John Locke coming on the program. Always great to have him on. So I know I've said this story before. I was a big fan of John Locke years ago growing up as a kid. In high school, we read the book Freakonomics. My economics class, we read the book Freakonomics. It was very interesting. Didn't quite always obviously agree with a lot of the stuff that was in the book. Well, he wrote a book in rebuttal to Freakonomics called Freedomnomics. That was pretty much laissez-faire, free market capitalist principles and ideas. And it was the very first conservative book that I read in high school that I read Encounter to Freakonomics that I did on my own. And I fell in love with it with all the information and stats that he had. He's a great individual. And then I got to meet him a couple years ago with, uh, for those that may listen to the program with Armed American radio and mark walters he's a great dear personal friend i come on his show quite a bit i fill in for him when he's gone but uh him and john lot are personal friends and a few years back we went to pennsylvania in pittsburgh to go to a concealed carry uh convention a gun convention out there and we went and john lot shared a booth with us and for the first time i got to meet dr john lot he may not remember it i don't think he remember when i talked to when i called him up on the program before the show and before he came on but uh he's a great guy He's one of those like crazy geniuses that I absolutely love. He's a wonderful, wonderful individual, and he's smarter than I will ever be. So uh, massive props on that one. So and he said, well, everything you said is absolutely right. I mean, for example, I want to read part of this. Now, this is CNN, which for those most people about CNN. Oh, my uh, God. Who the hell cares? I, I get it. I get it. CNN's kind of CNN. They do their own thing. However, this is how the media reports this story with this shooting. Now, again, take this into consideration. They already had it ready to go. If there was a shooting with a, uh, a an assault rifle, an AR-15, whatever the hell they like to call it nowadays, the weapon of war, if the shooting happened and 50 people died because this guy had a couple hundred rounds of ammunition on him with the intent to shoot a lot of people, with the intent, as John Lott said, with the prepping and the studying and the uh, planning to make this happen in a very public venue where no one's going to carry a concealed carry weapon or be able to stop them except for one or two security guards, they planned this out. They were ready to do massive destruction. And the media was ready to run the report on how, not how they planned to do massive destruction, but how someone was able to get the firearm and do what they did. Not how they did it or how they planned to do it, but the fact that they were able to get a gun to do it. That's all they wanted to focus on. And this story of this guy, this Eli Dickin, this uh, young individual, 20-year-old, kind of disrupted their plans by having a concealed carry, walking around the mall with his girlfriend, and I believe his family as well, and then taking out the individual. I want to read you for a second. This was on the Tweety by a firsthand encounter uh, of the shooting. Here's what they said, and here's what she said in the account. She said she had a sick feeling 
like looked behind her or beside her and the mall shooter was walking out behind her and she said, Grandma, I see a long gun. And then they all of a sudden, Eli told her to get down and pushed her and said it. Uh, and she said it went from there. Uh, stay hid behind a kiosk. Then investigators said Eli within seconds stopped the suspect. They tell 13 News the 22-year-old pulled out the pistol he was carrying under a constitutional carry law, steadied himself against a pole, and fired 10 rounds at the gunman from about 40 yards away. Pretty impressive for a handgun. The suspect tried to go back into the bathroom, but instead fell to the ground. Not even able to do what they intended to do, Eli, the 20-year-old with a concealed carry weapon, told them to get behind a kiosk to hide, to get down, as he steadied himself with the proper training that he had been trained to do with his concealed carry to go and to fire upon the shooter to make sure that he can't do what he was going to do. Everybody there, according to even CNN, said that he is a superhero. As they say that he saved everybody with what the devastation could have been if he was not there with his firearm. That itself should be the story. Bad guy has gun. Bad guy fails to complete his agenda and his mission because good guy has a gun and ends his life before that. Thank God that dirtbag needed to go away and thank God that he did. Here's what CNN reports. There were at least 434 active shooter attacks from the U.S. in 2000 to 2021. Of those 434 active shooting cases, an armed bystander shot the attacker in 22 of those instances, and 10 of those, the good guy was a security guard or off-duty police officer. So they even read the numbers. 434 active shooters, 22 had incidences with a bystander having a gun, and 10 of those being a security guard or off-duty police officer. What does that tell you? That means 22 cases... Half of those were actually bystanders with concealed carry permits, and that's way too small for 434 quote-unquote active shooter cases with the time they were studying. Guess what? It sounds like we need more individuals with concealed carry that are trained that can stop bad guys because then we would have 434 cases where bad guys failed to kill innocent individuals. I don't understand why it's so hard to report that, CNN. Come on, man. We're back at it tomorrow, everybody. Have a great day. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality hear entertainment shows and of course yours truly with the voice of reason plus we offer numerous media services including helping you set up your own podcast become your own voice of reason and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic for information on all of our shows links to podcasts each show website or social media link or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment visit our website at hoosiermedia.com again that's hoosiermedia.com the future of media